Welcome to Game of Books Podcast. I'm Kathy in South Dakota. And I'm Christy in South Florida. We're two newbie writers who share our love of food, wine, and mystery through interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors. And our virtual book club. And even our fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us on today's adventure. Hello, everyone. I can't believe it's almost June. I know. Time in the off season has been really flying. I just feel like I need to stop and smell the roses a little. Or whatever flowers may brought you. (laughs) (laughs) Another way to slow things down is to listen to our redux of Quirks and Conversation with Katrina McPherson from season two. Yes, it was such fun talking to her and she has, I just, I just love listening to her Scottish accent. (laughs) And she has a great sense of humor that comes through in her writing. For sure. For sure. So sit down, sit back, maybe, maybe have a vase of flowers nearby and have a laugh with us. Enjoy this redux of our Quirks and Conversation with Katrina McPherson. Last week, we featured her book, Strangers at the Gate, on our book club um, episode, and um, that was that haunting story set in a small town in Scotland, and it is a finalist for the 2020 Mary Higgins Clark Award. And we are so excited to introduce this talented writer to our listeners if they have not been reading her up to this point. Katrina was born in Scotland and lived there until 2010 before immigrating to California, where she now lives on Patwin ancestral land. Interesting. A formal, I know, a former (laughs) academic linguist. She's now a full-time fiction writer, the multi-award winning and best-selling author of the Dandy Gilver detective stories. They are set in Scotland in the 1930s as well as the Last Ditch Mysteries, which are set in California. And she has a strand of contemporary standalone novels, including the Edgar finalist, The Day She Died, and Mary Higgins Clark finalists, The Child Garden, Quiet Neighbors, and Strangers at the Gate. Katrina, we are so happy you're available to talk with us today. Oh, it's lovely to be here. It was great listening to that. I'm sitting here thinking, she sounds fantastic. It's hard to believe that that's me. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. We're excited to be talking to somebody with that those credentials. So, <laughs> um, so. I have been very lucky. I've sat in that room at the Edgars uh, three times now um, with my, oh, I'm so happy for you face on. But to be nominated. <laughs> well, yeah, that is an honor to be nominated. Um, I, we can't even imagine. So, so that had to be fun. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. It's very glamorous. Yes, <laughs> it's not so much fun now that the the there used to be a juniors cheesecake concession underneath the hotel in the Grand Central Station concourse, and I used to think, well, it doesn't matter what happens at the end of the night. I am going to be in my hotel bedroom in my bed with a big massive chunk of cheesecake but it's not there anymore I think it's a Korean barbecue oh. so that <laughs> <laughs> that's a good plan I'm gonna have to remember that if I ever get nominated for something so um from um from our count you've published 26 books um both series and standalones which we find amazing and that makes us wonder how do you decide what you're going to write next uh do you just have an impulse or do you have a commitment or what 
yeah, more more usually a commitment. And when I when I've got plenty time and the next contract deadline, you know, the next couple of contract deadlines are a long way off, and I really do have a free choice, which just happened to me on Monday. So so this is Wednesday. So it happened to me um, two days ago that I sat down and thought, what right one? What am I going to write? Which one? Which one? Which one am I going to write? And it, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. I could just have asked the person next to me at the coffee shop, you know, take my hand or, or say A or B. It doesn't matter. But I'm normally committed, and I know I know what I'm doing in my calendar because I, I write two or three a year, so my calendar's quite tight. So there's normally no time for the muse and the vapors and all that. <laughs> <laughs> the vapors. <laughs> I know my husband's a scientist, and he when I I used to be an academic, and then I gave it up. And he always said that he thought there would be a lot more kind of wafting around, and scarves <laughs> tied to my wrist. And he said, "No, you just go in your office at nine o'clock in the morning and shut the door and start typing." It's a bit of a disappointment, really. Oh, really? <laughs> so do you do you keep yourself on a like a schedule like that? Do you you know say okay, yeah. I'm going to yeah, I set my alarm for I set my alarm for six a.m. um to get up and get going. Oh. um, and it's kind of you know it it kind of annoys me because it's not uh you know people who are you know people who are Ernest Hemingway or someone someone who's hammered and chaotic and you know tortured. Everyone seems to think that's much more uh, creative, and there's something slightly embarrassing about having all your taxes done and starting work at nine o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> there are twenty six books. I believe you. I haven't counted, but I believe you. So I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna worry. About <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, I mean, well, we've talked to a, bun- a lot of authors, and they all seem to say that is the best way to do it because every day you're going to have creative ideas. It just might not be the the most creative each day but at least you can get some work done you know yeah absolutely i mean the days when i'm flying along and i'm i just think i'm all that um and the days <laughs> that i'm literally crying i mean i'm weeping into my keyboard when i read what i wrote on those two different kinds of days the writing doesn't show the difference oh so if i was to oh, like peel away from my desk because i felt that i couldn't i would not have done writing that's perfectly okay you know, mm-hmm. first first draft it needs work but it's not calamitously bad right i find oh that's yeah. interesting okay speaking of first drafts katrina i i was searching you on youtube and i found um a minute with katrina i think it was a sisters in crime interview and you were talking about um, how you have kind of a rule that you don't discuss your first draft with anyone. That's right. Oh, so you've seen that. It's a minute with. I have. And everyone <laughs> you talk for a minute, and I talk for two and a half minutes, and you think, you know. Yeah, I noticed that. Professor, always a professor. A unit of talk is 50 minutes. So that was, <laughs> that was embarrassing. Um, no, I don't. Um, I don't. In fact, when I was saying to you, I had to decide what to start writing on Monday morning, and I've decided now, and I was thinking, oh, please don't ask me, please don't ask me, because then I'm going to sound like a diva and say, I can't possibly comment. No, I don't. <laughs> I, um, I don't show it to anyone or um, discuss it with anyone, or even the publisher who's possibly already bought the book doesn't get to say, oh, how dare you ask me questions, you know. <laughs> But then once it's finished, once the first draft's finished, I go, like, I 
stop that and, and take edits. I mean, I wouldn't say I take edits like a lamb, but I don't think I'm a complete nightmare <laughs> for my editors. So did you have a bad experience that taught you this rule, or has this just always been your rule? Well, that's a good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. Um, yeah, why do I do that? I think the first time, I can cast my mind back that, that far, I think the first time it was that I wanted to put off the heartbreak of finding out that it was no good for as long oh. as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, quite early on, so I started writing in... Um, professionally writing in 2001 which was when Stephen King's memoir and manual on writing came out and so mm-hmm. it was probably while I was writing my first book that I read that book of <coughs> his mm-hmm. and he says that so that shored me up as well. oh, okay. and then one time I did talk about it which would have been about 2005 or 2006 uh, I was halfway through the first draft of the historical series and my oldest, dearest friend, Catherine, we met when we were babies. Um, her husband had to have a, a heart operation in London, and so I still live in Scotland. And we all went down to London together. Uh, she was there for him, and I was there for her. So we were having lunch before he went into hospital for this major, you know, quite scary operation. And as you can imagine, the conversation wasn't really flowing. So I thought, well, I know, I'll just, <laughs> I'll talk to them about my book because they're always asking me, and I never tell them. Mm-hmm. And I did, and he had the operation, and he was fine, and and he's completely healthy now. But they just they never shut up about it for the rest of the year. They kept emailing me with ideas, and I thought, Oh no, torture! I love you, but this is awful. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) That's true. People always want to give input when you tell them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they always use this one word when they when you go when they give input. Um, they always say, oh, and here's what happened. Somehow, and I go, I see that. You can't have that somehow. word. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> somehow. No, because my husband says, oh, I've had a great idea for a story. Oh, there's this guy and he's working fixing a road and then somehow, and he stops because he knows he's not allowed to use the word somehow. Somehow is not part of your vocabulary. <laughs> no, it doesn't work for plotting. You can't have somehow. You know, no. <laughs> Wavy lines like Scooby Doo. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be fun, though, wouldn't it? I mean, like, just put in some wavy yeah. lines and then turn to the next chapter. Okay, that's how. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any other um, superstitions about around writing? Like, do you like okay after writing so many words, I have to eat a candy bar or something? Oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, I don't. I, Fewer than I used to have. I used to be. I used to only be able to write in my at my desk in my room, um, in my house, and then I work. I really worked on cracking that so that I could write on planes and trains and in airports and in hotel rooms and coffee shops and wherever I was. Because mm-hmm. as life got busier, I mean that's all very well when you're writing your first book or your second book before the first one comes out. But then when you're trying to promote as well, it's really handy to be able to to just sit down and write wherever you are. So I haven't got that one anymore. Um, I do like to have, I'm looking, now, I'm sitting at my desk right now, and I am looking at a, a pen tidy um, made of a, a brick, that a, a red brick, you know, with the holes in. It's got six holes that oh, are washed yeah. up on a beach. And it's got six uh, blue big crystals in it. And in the desk drawer that's open to help my old cat jump up onto my desk, there are another two packets. <laughs> 
um, of blue, thick crystal original pencil. I think I've probably got 26 identical <laughs> blue, thick crystals. That's got to be superstition, right? Right. I'm thinking there's something there. Right. <laughs> this is the same number yeah. of your books. So maybe like one right. of them's Ooh. each from each book, you know, like the president keeps them from the bills he writes or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to watch All right. that and see if I have to get another one next time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even write with a pen. I'm yeah, like, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, does she write by hand everything? No. <laughs> no. Okay, so Katrina, now is about the time we ask our writers a question in a bottle. And <laughs> they're kind of random questions that might come up at the bottom of a bottle if you were to finish one. Okay, so let me draw the question here. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> so this is, would you rather live in a tree house or a cave? <laughs> oh, a cave. Hmm. Oh. Paging Dr. Freud, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's at the beach. Oh, I know why. Because cause it would be at the beach. Oh, A beach Lovely. cave, yeah. like, you know, in beach Count of Monte Cristo or something. <laughs> yeah. I was going castaway, but props to you for going yeah. Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> cave. Okay, right. that's interesting. <laughs> All right. So, um, Katrina, I wanted to congratulate you on being the guest of honor at Sleuth Fest later this month. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Mm. We're big fans <laughs> of Sleuth Fest. Because Kathy and I we met are. there. We, yeah, we did. We've both been um, a few times. Um, will this be your first, first Sleuth Fest? Yes, yes. I've only ever I been to you're... Florida for VoucherCon in St. Pete. Uh, when was that? 2018. Uh, that was the one time I've never been to Sleuth Fest. Oh. It's really close to where I live. And I'm in South Florida. And, you know, this time of year, the weather's wonderful and the beach is nice. So... Oh. You'll have that going for you. And it's the Atlantic. It's the Atlantic and it's yes. so warm. Yes. Because it, it was a piece of nonsense. I moved from Scotland to California and had to stop swimming in the sea. Because where we lived on the Solway in Scotland, we got the Gulf Stream and the sea was, you know, not warm, but it wasn't dangerous. Right. It kill you. But here, the Pacific up where we live in California, it's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. so, well, I would have thought, yeah. I, I would have thought Scotland was, was, pretty chilly i guess because i live in florida i would think that but doesn't like the gulf stream go up north before it hits scotland or <laughs> no well there are so the botanical gardens in galloway which is the bulge that sticks out scotland to the southwest on the way to ireland um there are palm trees uh growing and banana trees and things that grow oh, in the garden yeah. there so i think i saw like a, a show on that on like 60 minutes or something that's yeah, amazing it's a lovely thing I mean, it's not warm water. Right. In fact, when I the first time I swam in Hawaii, I was exhausted, and I thought, "Well, how do you know when to get out if it's not because you're freezing?" <laughs> Approaching hypothermia. <laughs> no, I was so tired. That's funny. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> okay, so marketing is important, and when we're selling books, um, we were just wondering how much time you have to spend on your promotional stuff, and do you notice a difference between when you were in Scotland and in the U.S.? Yes, I think so, but I'm not sure what the difference is because I moved um, in 2010 
just when the, I mean, the recession, the 2008 recession had a oh, yeah. massive effect on publishing. So it's hard to say what, whether the difference was because uh, things were a lot tighter when it got started uh, because mm-hmm. of the recession or because it's a different country. I certainly think um, that American people are less annoying they're less kind of squeamish and less self-deprecating, but in that way that makes it hard to decipher whether someone's actually got a book to publish or not, you know. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes British people, you know, the Brit- what some British people would say is that American people are pushy, right? You must tell mm-hmm. me, I don't know if you've heard that, mm-hmm. but I've heard that. <laughs> yes. And I, think, well, I don't know if it's just me or if I've just, it just seems more honest. Laura Lipman is very good on this um, topic where she says it's just more honest to say, I wrote a book and I am proud of it and I would love if you bought it, than mm-hmm. to go, so I did a thing, you know, <laughs> and not be about it. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, but then I do have to, when I go back to Scotland in the summer, which I do every summer, I have to remind myself to just stop that, that no one's going to have any bookmarks, no one's going to have any swag, people are not going to do that, and they'll oh. look at you oddly, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you do it, so... Anyway, it wasn't the question. How much time? Um, well, it could be quite organised. If you go, you know, keeping your website up to date and um, keeping a Facebook author page up to date and making sure you tweet some things mm-hmm. every day wouldn't take much time, but then you just see something that looks interesting. <laughs> like that drama queen kitten. Did you see that dramatic kitten video? No. no. Was that oh, today? Well, just Google dra- dramatic kitten. Yeah. Okay, hilarious. And then you know, then you're in the land of kitten videos. So, so <laughs> I think you could get by on an hour a day uh, when you're doing not even an hour a day, maybe half an hour a day in writing time, and then lots of you know, like flying to Florida and spending four days doing nothing else or um, going to Scotland and um, going to bookshops and things like that. So, Yeah. Do you, um, when you're writing every day and you're on a two or three book year plan, do you have a page number or a word number that you try to get to every day? Uh, yeah, word number, 2,000 words a day. Oh, wow. For a first draft. So 2,000 words a day, five days a week for a first draft takes between eight and ten weeks to write that first draft. Mm-hmm. It never works, ever. I was going to say, do you, are <laughs> you that good? <laughs> Every single day you make it that. It never <laughs> works again. You know, I think, oh, no, again, it never works again. And then I thought, well, you know, if it, if it hasn't worked 15 times, then that's it working, right? It, mm-hmm. It's aspirational, but it doesn't matter. Cause... It's still a goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd rather stop. And, you know, if page proofs come in or if edit notes come in or if I have to do something else, I'd rather just stop and just do that for two or three solid days mm-hmm. than try and do both things at once and split split my attention. Mm-hmm. But in theory, and I never work, I mean, if I'm working after 10 o'clock at night, something's gone really wrong. And if I'm working at the weekend, something's gone really wrong. Yeah, I'm, good, I'm a morning person. It sounds like person, you have good so boundaries. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, um, when I was, uh, like I said, when I was looking at your A Minute with Katrina on YouTube, I started seeing how involved you are with Sisters in Crime. I mean, you've been a past president, and you look like you're still really involved. The list of organizations that you're in is on your website, and you must think it's very important, especially for new writers, I would imagine, to get involved in those writing programs? I think so, yeah. I mean, it, it, the list is long because I'm in both countries, still, the CWA and Society mm-hmm. of Authors in the UK and then MWA and Sisters here. Uh, but certainly Sisters in Crime. I mean, they asked me to be the president really soon after I got here. I think it was, maybe I'd been here two or three years. I didn't know which way was up. And I, I couldn't work. I still don't know why they asked me. To be honest, I still don't quite understand what it was that I brought to the picnic. Because um, <laughs> I remember saying to Laura Di Silverio when we were at Malice and she was asking me, so Laura, I can't, I can't do that. The taxi driver driving me from Dulles Airport said, oh, that's the NIH. And I said, what, what's the NIH? You know, that's how much I don't know. I can't do this. <laughs> I didn't listen, so I did it. And um, yeah, I did. I think they're, you know, I think they're, both organisations are marvellous. But I would say for a beginning writer, uh, Sisters in Crime, I mean, I think MWA as a professional organisation is fantastic. But mm-hmm. I think for a beginning writer, Sisters in Crime is a good place. To, uh, to go and the guppies chapter the online chapter so it doesn't matter where mm-hmm. you are yeah you we're both involved in that too we really we really all like right, it as yeah. well yeah all right so we um we always ask our our authors this question and it appeases what we call our mysterious foodies which are our listeners out there and the question is which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be oh gloria harkness from the child garden uh, without a doubt, she is. So that was maybe three or four years ago I wrote that. She's, um, I'd like to share a meal with her. And it would be, if I was over there with her, it would be uh, fish and chips and mushy peas out of a paper packet uh, at a mm. harbour um, with oh. protected from seagulls. Scottish, like believable Scottish weather, but not actually raining into your chips. That would be good. Uh, that would be the ideal. We we even got the weather with that. <laughs> I'm a little bit I'm a little bit later here on the East Coast, so it's close to my dinner time. So I can excuse the fact that I just my stomach started growling at that. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, Katrina, if our listeners have any more questions about um, your work or they want to reach out, what's the best way for them to reach you? Oh well, um, I Twitter messages if they're on Twitter. Or a Facebook message if they're on Facebook or if they want to email, it's Katrina McPherson at gmail.com. Very straightforward. Awesome. Great. That's great. And it's on my it's on my website as well. There's a contact page on my website, um, which is katrinamcpherson.com, and they can email me at that address. Great. Thank you. And thanks again to our author, Katrina McPherson. And if, I, I feel like I should say, like, how do you say your name? I want to hear you. No, it's perfect. The, the thing that, that kind of gets me, some people say Catriona, and I think, oh, God, it just sounds as bad. It sounds as weird as Juanita. Oh, yeah. 
Anyway, so um, listeners, if you haven't read her latest book, Strangers at the Gate, you need to go out and get it. Um, It's a great read, and you can listen to our last episode for book club ideas to go along with it. And this has been such a fun conversation, and good luck, and have a blast at Sleuth Fest. And now it's time for us to say cheers. Cheers. Slantivar. Thanks for joining us on today's adventure. Subscribe to our podcast on our website, gameofbookspodcast.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five-star rating or review. You can also subscribe on YouTube, where you can watch and listen. On gameofbookspodcast.com, you can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode. And you can sign up for our newsletter or enter our fun contests and giveaways. We also post our stories and links on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hope to see you there. I can guarantee you we had fun today. And we hope you did too. Cheers. Cheers.